Space, the nerdiest frontier. This is the content warning of the USS Word Balloons. Our continuing mission to solve every nerdy question and talk about penises more than you really think we probably should. Just your fair warning, as again, the aforementioned penises, plus we will swear, and who even knows, the questions have taken me in research directions I never expected. You have been warned. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're your aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying higher on our own hot air, but have stopped our journey to Utopia Planitia to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, Zach, what's our question this week? Was Han Solo originally a lizard? Ooh, 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 ooh. Yes, I have the ahead. answer to this. Yes. Kind of looked like Swamp Thing. Yes. <laughs> he was a Eurelian. I always forget the name of that. Yeah. So this actually traces back to the rough draft of Star Wars, which one is just buck wild. So if you ever get a chance, Dark Horse, one of the last things they did while they still had the Star Wars license for comic books was they adapted the rough draft into a miniseries. So this is this is long before anything. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader isn't a Sith yet in this one. Uh, he's just an Imperial general. Yes. So, among other things, yes, Han Solo is basically what if Swamp Thing wore tight leather pants and a vest, yes. but was also largely unconnected from what we think of as Han Solo. He also spoke Shriwook. True. But he wasn't, like, Chewie wasn't his partner. Chewbacca no. shows up later on. He just happened to speak Shriwook. After Anakin <laughs> Starkiller gets into an axe fight. Because I've wanted to talk about this because it's so wild, I'm going to do a extremely condensed breakdown of this episode of this whatever it would have been so originally george lucas wanted to make flash gordon he tried to mm-hmm. get the rights to make that serial and i have seen some things claim that he just changed some names around because some of the characters have some closeness but mm-hmm. i don't really buy it they say han solo is prince baron because he starts off as a rogue but becomes an ally but no no that's <laughs> no, just that's you know, Chewbacca's the guy with the lion head. Okay, I guess kind of maybe. Mm-hmm. There's princesses in both of them. Fuck off, man. Like, <laughs> but in the original version, Luke Skywalker is an old man general who takes as his Padawan learner. And I don't know if Padawan is in the original thing because most of my knowledge is from this miniseries. Mm-hmm. And they use a lot of Ralph McQuarrie art, but I don't know if it was from the original or if they just stole it for this comic book. Because Star Wars has such a long history of recycling anything Ralph McQuarrie ever drew. Yeah. But... Which, fair. Fair, yes. If you have those drawings, use them. (laughs) Luke Skywalker is an old man general and Jedi of the planet Aquile, who is trying to stop the Galactic Empire, who is based on Alderaan. Which is basically Coruscant, but... Mm-hmm. It's weird because Alderaan, I'm like, yeah, happy, peaceful. That's a lot of... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is approached by his, I guess, old friend who is now like 95% cyborg, who wants him to take his young apprentice, Anakin Starkiller, to be his mm-hmm. Padawan. It should be noted, the Jedi in this don't seem to be Force users as we think of them. They don't, like... They keep being like, may the Force of others be with you. Follow the path of the Force of others. But... I don't think in that entire comic I ever saw anyone do a single force Thing. ability. Also, everyone and their dog has a lightsaber in this. Okay. Sorry, I just got back from putting in some curtains in the detention center, and I, I just walked in on that sentence, and I really need to just see dogs with lightsabers. The internet exists. It's probably not terribly hard to find. Because I fucking love the idea of just, like, a real good 
real good boy who's really also really good at lightsabering up some uh, some Sith Lords. Uh, editor and Stowaway Steven here, by the way. We do see a couple of Sith Lords, including one guy that just straight up dresses like a samurai. There's nothing sci-fi about his armor at all, including his, like, Mempo mask, which is the face mask part mm-hmm. of... Um, and then he gets cut in half without ever saying a word. <laughs> he does kill a kid first, but... <laughs> oh, that makes it better! <laughs> Now, Han... Was Han a member of the Jedi Bendu? No. If I remember right? Okay. He just used to fight with the Jedi with, Bendu. Oh, okay. So he's a lot more like Zebarelios from Rebels or, I don't know, various characters who are like, I'm, I'm not a Jedi, but I'm old friends with the Jedi and... <laughs> We've I pal around with them, and we go drinking together, and <laughs> exactly. I join them in every battle. Quite and... literally. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't do the final step of initiation, so I'm not technically a Jedi, but... After Aquile falls, they escape with Luke Skywalker and Anakin Starkiller, escape with Princess Leia, the Princess of Aquile, who is most definitely not anyone's sister of, like, the main characters. Mm-hmm. Although they do bring her twin younger brothers, Biggs and Windy. Okay. And they also bring along the kind of closest there is to a Han Solo analog of, like, how we know Han Solo. Deke White Sun, who is a... Uh, Giant sp- Deke? Spy captain guy uh, for Luke. Okay. These names are fucking horrendous. Also, Han Solo joins along. They escape... Oh, the Death Star is also referred to as the Hidden Fortress, I believe, because he was just... Yeah. Not at all being subtle about the stealing from Akira Kurosawa. They could pick up the droids who were on the Imperial ships. Mm-hmm. They were just Imperial droids, but in this version, droids will do pretty much whatever anyone tells them to do, and they won't lie to anyone, so you have to be careful what you tell them. But this plotline gets dropped almost immediately, and Anakin and R2 spend the rest of the book referring to themselves as Old Buddy. Okay. You all right there, old buddy? Yeah, I'm pretty good, old buddy. And I'm like, God damn it, George. <laughs> You're not good at... Lots of things. <laughs> ...at writing. Uh, they eventually crash land on a planet where Anakin gets separated from the others after Leia gets kidnapped by slavers, who all resemble the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back in the comic. So I think that one, they were just like, we need slavers. Fucking Ralph McQuarrie, come this way. Yeah, we'll like, just put this Clearly here. Bosk, Forlom, Zuckus, and Boba Fett. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anakin ends up running into the Wookiees, who are very much like the Ewoks are in Return of the Jedi, but huge, and they've got, like, kind of big, bulbous, protruding eyes. Uh, again, like Zebarelios from mm-hmm. Star Wars Rebels, because, again, they cannot resist anything Macquarie has ever done. Yes. I mean, this is Star Wars. This is the place where literally one guy's job was to watch and be like, that guy who appears in two frames. We don't know his backstory. I've got to make it up now. Yeah, I mean, Which, honestly... Greatest job of all time. I'm sorry, but... Almost all the architecture that we've seen in, like, the Disney Plus and sequel trilogy is almost all based on, like, Macquarie sketches and mm-hmm. stuff. It's amazing. No, like, Macquarie. they just keep going, like, oh, we haven't used that yet. So we need just an arch in the background for three scenes. I mean, Let's use this. People do it, too. Star mm-hmm. Trek Discovery, the, the USS Discovery, is based off of a redesign of the Enterprise that Macquarie did mm. for what was supposed to be a Star Trek TV show that never happened. But uh, If you have good art, reuse it. Yeah. yeah. Get, it, get it used. Anakin ends up getting into an axe fight with the head Wookiee. As you do. To, I guess, stay alive. But when the axe head gets knocked off, he just takes the handle and stabs the Wookiee to death and is declared a Wookiee god. Well, Anakin 
like teams up with all the others and then he leaves to sneak onto the Death Star to save Leia while Luke trains the Wookiees to pilot Y-Wings to blow up the Death Star. Lame. Y-Wings? Come on. Uh, they didn't have X-Wings yet, but also each ship fit like four people. Like it's not a snub fighter. Oh, it's, it's like much a more ship like a ship. Lambda. Okay. Also, Star Destroyers are about the same size and have a dome top. Okay. That every ship is about Millennium Falcon size or the Death Star. Anakin and Leia fall in love for reasons that no one understands because they're just shitlords to each other the entire time until they're like, I think I love you. And Anakin's like, fuck you. And then they're like, I do love her. I should go back. Oh, she was kidnapped. <laughs> Meanwhile, Vader is just a shitty general who is being mean to a Sith Lord who is sent to fight the other Jedi Bendu. And those are just two clans. Mm-hmm. Just the Jedi Bendu clan and the Sith clan, and what that means is never really explained. Named The Sith is named Lord Valorum, which is the name of the Supreme Chancellor of Episode 1. And then out of nowhere, Valorum, I think because Vader was vaguely rude to him, switches sides and helps Anakin and Leia escape. Leia becomes Queen of Aquile. Anakin is dubbed Lord Protector. Everyone gets medals, including Chewbacca. Good. And Long Live Freedom is chanted at the end. Okay. It's bad, man. It's very Flash Gordon, though. Like, it is fun in a old-school serial. Well, I'm glad you went through all that. But back to the Han note. After he was a lizard, then he became a space pirate. Was he still a lizard? No, but he was more, like, big, like, colorful, bearded... Uh, I don't think this was actually used in anything. It was just the concept used for him because the idea was one of the main themes for the original story was selflessness. So Lucas wanted to craft a like a partner for Luke that was kind of his opposite, but still kind of a good guy. So he's like, what's selfish and like boisterous, but you can still like, but still is kind of like I'm been romanticized. just imagining Brian Blessed this entire time. Yeah, no, that's time. exactly same here. Like, I just think of like, Luke is hauling Brian Blessed around. <laughs> but it was kind of like... Come, Chewbacca! <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what has been romanticized and we can turn into a hero, but is also famously selfish? Pirates. Now, if you ever want to go into a rabbit hole, look up the various things that people have claimed or Lucas has claimed was the inspiration for Star Wars. Because, I mean, and like, it does borrow shamelessly from a lot of stuff. But Flash Gordon, Akira Kurosawa, King Arthur, the entire hero saga from what's his name? The Oh, yeah. I can't think of the theorist. Well, no, some of that too. But there was a guy that described what he dubbed the hero saga. The Hero's Journey, the Campbell's Hero's Journey. Campbell, thank you. It, it's a theory on storytelling. Isaac Asimov said the Foundation had a bunch with it. I think Frank Herbert listed 75 things that he said that they uh, Star Wars took from Dune. I'm like, well, you stole most of that from Foundation, so fair enough. <laughs> God, there's I mean, one, oh, just fairy tales in general. Well, and the way the movies themselves, especially the original trilogy, is filmed visually, they rip off, like, every World War II movie you could ever watch. Every World War II references. Also... It is one of those interesting things, because anytime he's like, I based it off this, I was trying to do this, remember that he might be lying. George Lucas lies a lot about the inspiration for Star Wars, the plans for Star Wars. I keep thinking, people keep giving the modern, the, the sequel series shit for, like, not having a plan from the beginning. I'm like, okay, you know what, that move, that, that sequel series has a lot of plot problems as they wildly veer directions in each movie, but there was no overarching plan for the original trilogy and anyone who tells you there was was heavily lying to you i mean like we talked about on the other episode the rough script exists for like empire 
Mm-hmm. We know what it was. It was not what it we was, got. It's, yeah. <laughs> now, when I talk about how bad the first draft was, or the rough draft of A New Hope was, I should also be very clear that it's the rough fucking draft. If you've ever written something before. It's just to get the framework out. Yeah. You're, it's, it's, and then to be like, well, okay, most of this doesn't work, but this works, this works, and this works. Like, you know, the trash compactor scene happens, but it's like at the very end of the movie. The, the Wookiees got written out, probably because another planet would be expensive, but... But they saved that for Return of the Jedi because it was actually a good thing. Also, Return of the Jedi was supposed to take place over Kashyyyk and have the Wookiees, but it was just significantly cheaper to make the Ewok costumes for little people than to get a bunch of, like, seven-foot-tall dudes and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Put remember you in... saying it's basically, uh, it's half the costs, essentially. Something like that, yeah. Um, like, it, I mean, it was legitimately like a, 100% a price decision. Yeah, you can build a lot of small Ewok costumes in the same fa- amount same amount of fabric as it would take to build Yeah, you could get many... three or four Ewoks out of one Wookiee, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll just round it down to two just to call <laughs> it, uh, you know, some, some cut off here and there, you know, trim some fat and make sure it all looks right. I mean, you gotta get Warwick Davis in there somewhere, too, so. He was 11. Have you ever seen the letter he wrote to George Lucas afterwards? Ooh, no, I don't... Ooh, wait, I feel like I must have at some point. One, he was super crushing on uh, Carrie Fisher because she would be like, that costume looks hot, Warwick, are you doing okay? And, like, feed him cookies and, like, milk and stuff. (laughs) Um, And just, like, babysit him during (laughs) between takes. just like, yeah, that costume does look hot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, it is hot. But he... Before Return of the Jedi came out, but uh, like when the toy line was starting to come out, he wrote a letter to George Lucas being like, Dear Mr. Lucas, my name is Warwick. I don't know if you remember me, but I played Wick at the Ewok. I was wondering if I could get some Star Wars toys. <laughs> and George, I think, sent him the entire line, but... Lucky. Just imagine being like, I don't know if you remember me, but... Can I have Star Wars toys? Actually, I I did basically write that letter to my grandfather, so fair enough. I don't know if there was, like, a time limit or, like, an amount limit to where he stopped getting it, or maybe he never wanted them. After a certain point with how many toys they made, maybe he stopped wanting them. But I do know that Mark Hamill had part of his contract was that he was to get one of every Star Wars toy made. That's awesome. Uh, one thing I haven't been able to figure out is in various early editions, there was a alien species known as the Wills, mm-hmm. W-H-I-L-L-S, and in various versions, Star Wars is actually R2-D2 telling the story of what happened generations later to an alien species called the Wills. I'm, I'm sorry, what? So the whole story is, is him telling another alien? That's why it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's literally R2-D2 adding into this story, which kind of fits into some of the... um... I hate that so fucking much. (laughs) That's so stupid. I kind of liked it. I always wanted to know who the Wills were. But it kind of fits into the Foundation thing where the Encyclopedia Galactica is a major plot point for the beginning of it, which is like the collective history of the universe. Cool. Yeah? But yes, Han Solo was originally a lizard that looks like Swamp Thing and Hot Pants. Yes. That's very accurate as to how he looked, actually, too. Do you think he could mate with a Cardassian? Yes. Okay. Congratulations for inventing that porn on the internet all of a sudden. I didn't invent that. That existed already. (laughs) Well, in order to keep our journey going, we're going to have to drop some ballast. Luckily, Zach is stuffed to the brim with assorted genre facts. I'll prod him a bit and see what shakes loose. Remember, any misses or mistakes will have to be made up for at the end of our trip. We'll keep with this expedition's theme of starships. So, Zach, what knowledge can you drop on the Deadless? 
<laughs> You're a bastard. Okay. There is a Daedalus in Star Trek. That's a Daedalus class. The Daedalus class. I'm just curious real quick. Is that the one that can split into three forms? In Star Trek? Yeah. Um, let me tell you here in a second. I'm pretty sure you mean the Stargate Daedalus, because mm-hmm. we knew we were doing a Stargate one, and I'll get to that in a sec, but... I don't think it can split. It does say that it has something special having to do with... I'll look it up later. It has a unique subspace distress call among Starship classes, but I don't know what that is I'll, supposed I'll to I'll look it up and bring it up on the Redemption round, just because I'm curious now. Okay, so the Daedalus is one of the U.S. Air Force gigantic fucking spaceships from uh, Stargate SG-1. So... SG-1, the main version of transport across space, is through the Stargate, which is a a wormhole network. However, they do slowly over time, because the main point of SG-1, of the the, the SG teams, is to gather technology. And they start to develop, gather stuff to make their own spaceships. And they do eventually make wild escalations, because at first, they're making, they're, they're strapping, like, alien space engines on planes and it goes terribly and then out of fucking nowhere one season they're like what's up we've created a carrier ship like it's a full-on space is tiny compared to anything in like star wars or star trek but like this is a full-on capital ship Mm -hmm. the daedalus is is it the one that goes back and forth between the galaxy to uh to the andromeda galaxy to visit atlantis uh, There's a yes. couple of them, and they all look fucking identical. So on it, the Daedalus has mostly stuff to do with Atlantis. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the Stargate network all takes place in one galaxy. However, they eventually, by putting in the eighth chevron, which is not important to this, they can go to a different galaxy, but it takes way too much power to power the the Stargate that way. So it's a one-way trip, except for they eventually get the Daedalus, which has faster-than-light technology, to go back and forth and do supply runs and yada yada yada, but, I mean, it's a, like, it comes every couple of months kind of thing. It's not a, like, day trip. Um, Honestly, there's a lot of history to the Daedalus, so I, you're... I wouldn't expect you to get all of it. And as like, I only watched some of Atlantis, it's eventually destroyed by the Wraith, I want to say. It's either the Wraith or the fucking Replicators, and God, I hate any version of the Replicators from Stargate. I'm not seeing how it finished. It okay. seems like it, it... So there's there's a couple different alternate reality versions of it, that and could that, be what I'm I think of, it got okay. destroyed in one of those, but like the main one actually survives through the end. The original commander of the Daedalus was... Wildly antagonistic to the Atlantis crew before it's eventually revealed that he got infested by a Goa Wuld. It is powered at least partially, I believe, by Asgardian tech, which Asgardians in SG-1 are pretty much the greys from, like, alien invasion stuff. Like, little dudes, big head, big eyes. No, I just, I, uh, I've only <laughs> seen Stargate the movie, and then I definitely watched, like, a few episodes of SG-1, and then for some reason I've seen um, uh, Atlantis and uh, Universe. I don't like Universe. I never finished it. Okay. Jason Momoa being in Atlantis is hilarious when I look at, like, modern, three times bigger and megastar Jason Momoa versus, like, 
I just got out of Baywatch Nights. Jason I was about Momoa. to say, in Stargate Atlantis, he's still twice as big as he was in Baywatch Nights, which was the first place I also, saw him. he's legitimately a badass in that show. Yeah. Do oh, not yeah. get me wrong. Oh, yeah. He's, he's just... fucking badass as shit in that show. Uh, Ronan Dex. I was also just looking up Star Trek... Uh... Stargate, Stargate, uh, Stargate Atlantis, and it's also got uh, Mitch Pelegi Pelegi in it as well. Let me well. see this guy, um, the guy we were just talking about, who's also in uh, X Files and uh, Deputy Director Skinner. I think he uh, might be the guy who gets uh, commands the Daedalus who uh, gets possessed by a Gaul. Um, I'm pretty sure you are right on that, if I'm not mistaken. And he's also Darby in Sons of Anarchy. I can't tell you much about the Daedalus ship because it's. Stargate is not one to give you a ton of those details. At one point, Valamaldoran takes it over in SG-1, but... We'll, we'll do, like, a half-redemption. You got the, the fact that, like, it's the main ship. Like, you, yeah, you, yeah. you spouted off a lot of... The, there's a lot of history to it. It was the main ship used in Atlantis, so... And you it weren't going to get SG-1 it. You won a couple of times. Yeah. So they, even when they introduced other ships that were supposed to be better at doing what the Deadlist did, they, they just, just continued get... to use the Deadlist. Well, we have the model. Yeah. <laughs> so you were never going to get it all, but that was pretty good. So God, I have not watched Atlantis in years. I also like was having to skim to even confirm any of that because <laughs> I also do not know Stargate that well. So I know Stargate because I had a year between high school and going to college and I pretty much just worked at a shitty sandwich shop and was depressed mm -hmm. and for whatever reason I ended up at ShopGo and it was still here which I maintain was a portal to another world and haunted. Everything about the Missoula ShopGo was fucking weird. I've talked to people who worked at that ShopGo. You're not wrong. It was haunted. I don't know about the portal to another world. Definitely, definitely legitimately haunted. Time stopped there. There would be two different prices on an item, and then you would take it forward, and it would be a third price that was unrelated to the other two. And nobody but... cared, so you could always get the lowest price if you <laughs> argued. And it, by argued, I mean, it was like, well, can I just have the lowest price? They were like, yeah, uh, but for I would whatever have loved reason, to have been a shopco when I was at Kmart, but that's a different story. <laughs> for whatever reason, the Kmart here was fucked up too. Um, for whatever retail. reason, SG One was on sale, and I was like, ah, I remember watching some of these. I'll pick up the first season or two, and it was another one of those that, like, a couple weeks later, I went and bought the third and fourth, and just like, oh god damn it, I went and bought the other like six seasons. Worth it, because I wasn't. Do it. I mean, I was, as I said, I was working, living at home, and watching Stargate SG-1 and fucking Scrubs. Nice. Deep love for both of those shows as a result, though. Nice. I need to go back through Stargate now some point, because the, the last time I watched it... not good. The last time I watched it heavily was when I was, like, a teenager, and that's because... I was just becoming a teenager, and the first episode I encountered was very fan service heavy. Oh, well, the very first episode had tits. Yes. I mean, straight up. That's the nudity. one I caught. <laughs> and oh, I nice. was like, this seems awesome. Hello, nipples. <laughs> Glad you could join us. And then I kept watching, and I was like, where'd all the nipples go? <laughs> oh, well, this is still cool. <laughs> it is. It is. Not as cool as the one with all the nipples, but <laughs> you get what you get. Go back to that scene. <laughs> I'm gonna just maybe rewatch this series again. <laughs> Better start at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Anyways. That's it for today, folks. We're taking off. But before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows over at earverm.com. That is E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. As always, we'd like to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady, and to Ian Ford for our theme song tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Up, up, and away. 